0: Yeah. yeah. I came back to, um, to New York and I was like, yeah, I just, I wasn't feeling Ghana. And it's so funny. I have a friend from Philly who would come to Ghana. She would bring groups and she was like, I love Accra. It's one of my favorite cities in the world. And I had been to a lot of cities and Accra was not on my list of top 10 cities. Right. Okay. I was just mm-hmm. like, mm. but now that I live here, I understand like, you know how LA, like if you don't know, you don't know, like it's like, Absolutely. you got to be with the right people or like it's just your trip you could come here and stay for like a month and not know that this like whole dope scene exists so it's very much like that so let's say I because I was on a school vibe I Mm -hmm. wasn't connected with like the people that I need to go with so you went back to New York yeah I went back to New York and I and I started um consulting again just doing marketing consulting PR consulting um I did some work with a bunch of sneaker companies um, with casewiz with diesel with nautica um a bunch of companies and then i started a business I, i ran this cafe um in brooklyn called frank white um um so yeah just like still working in marketing and communications and um it did it was like 10 years before i came back to Ghana right I came because I actually I was doing a tour with my documentary right I was like okay let me get it back out there and plus I wanted people who had been in the film to see it right so I went to London and Paris and I had screenings there and then I came I did a screening in Accra in Nigeria although they weren't in the film when I shot it but you know those were the bustling scenes now it's Mm -hmm. 2013 at this point so I haven't been to Ghana in 10 years and Mm -hmm. I come for like Three or four days, probably. And the same friend who is from Philly, she, when I left school, she moved to Ghana. So she moved to Ghana in probably 2004. And when Mm -hmm. I came in 2014, she still lived here. And this is so critical to like my experience in Ghana. You really have to have somebody curate your experience, right? Because you can just, I curate people's experience all the time because I know what she did for me. She was like, okay this is like, how many days you're going to be here? This is where we need to go. This is the parties we need to go at. This is, oh, uh, let me call such and such. Let me ha- have them hook you up a screening. Like she was like, da, 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 da. And so the whole thing that I seen was like, it was completely different, right? And I wasn't right. thinking at this point that I was moving. I came to Ghana for like three or four days to do a film screening. I went to Lagos and I was coming back to New York. Like I wasn't thinking, oh, I want to move. No, not in my mind. Um, but I came and I was like, ooh, Ghana done changed. like it was like it was like a whole new world like I went to like booth, they had boutique hotels and it was like some fashion party and great goose open bar and it was like all fabulous and I was like okay <laughs> so um, I I came back to New York and and I I get bored easily as you can see my brain is like all over the place so um I was like Mm, I'm over in New York. But I I wasn't really thinking that before, like I was going to leave. I just, it was just life, you know, normally. But Mm -hmm, when I went to mm -hmm. I was just like, wow. So I came home and I was like, I wonder if I could find like a job there. Now, I don't advise people to do this because there's not a lot of jobs there, but here. (laughs) But um, at the time, I just was like, let me go on LinkedIn and let me just, just, you know, just see what I see. Yeah, And I happened to see this, a fellowship role Um, at this technology training school. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was really, you know, interested in tech, right? Because this was like, you know, tech was blowing up. It was the beginning of it. It was like Instagram and Facebook and the kids were like 21 years old in their college dorm rooms creating this multi-billion dollar project. And I was like, I I know I'm old. Okay, not that old. But anyway, (laughs) I was like, I need to understand Exactly. Um, I was Um, like, I need to understand tech. I was like, I got to get into that, whatever. I I was mm -hmm. like, I need to understand. So when I saw this fellowship, it's like at this um, school that trains um, Ghanaian students to be tech entrepreneurs. And they have a fellowship. They bring people in from all over the world. You could either teach at the school or you could um, work in the incubator which is where they invest in tech startups and then, and, you know, and you work with tech startups. So I was like, let me see how my marketing skills can apply to the tech startup world. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what I did for a year. And I was like, I found this opportunity and I was like, I'm going to take a chance. It's a one year, but I don't like it. I come back home. If I like mm-hmm. it, you know, I can, I can end up staying. Um, so I did that for a year. Right. I worked with these mm-hmm. tech startups, which was amazing. I was like, this is the future. This is what I need to be doing. I've, I, like, for to be honest, if you're not working in tech, like any student who's going to school now, if you need to be studying something tech related, right, like, right, yeah, really, really. I was like, so I was glad that I was able to pivot my career mm-hmm. um, and kind of, you know, um, get into the tech to the tech world. So that is what I'm actually doing now. I worked mm-hmm. for a year. Um, doing the fellowship and then afterwards I worked at a digital marketing agency for like a year and then from there I started my my own agency so that is what I do now and I have a a marketing agency it's called Wax Print Media Mm -hmm. and um, yeah it's really um, helpful that I've had like all this international experience because most of my clients that I work with here in Ghana are like you know international companies luxury brands Mm -hmm. and they can't really find the talent locally to, you know, kind of um, help them in the ways and the standards that they need to. Because most of the clients I work with say, if it's like Pernod Ricard, which is like Martel and, you know, um, Valentine's and, you know, mm-hmm. um, Shivas, a bunch of like international brands. When they have a project that's happening in Shanghai or in London or New York, they need the thing in Accra to look the same way, you know, they need the reporting to be the same way. So I just so happens that that turns out um, to be the niche um, that I work in. I do digital marketing and I do PR and some Mm -hmm. events for just a lot of international brands um, that are working in Ghana and in Africa. And Mm -hmm. for most companies, they realize this is like the new frontier. Like they're all looking at how to expand their right. um, brand right. they're all looking at Africa and I just happen to be here at such a great time right um, yeah so that's that's the work that I'm doing it's great I feel like I'm doing the work that I was doing in New York and LA but I'm just in Ghana like in Ghana now yeah wow. I mean say, I mean I do the same like it's all like luxury I mean I do things at Jaguar dealership I'm doing things like you know what I mean it's like mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. high-end most people don't even know this kind of lifestyle exists.
1: Yeah. In Africa,
0: yeah. you know what I mean? Most people just have no idea, but like, that's the life that I'm, you know, the work that I'm doing. So
1: I, I like, I love it so much. Wow. That's amazing. So how was it starting a business there um, as a woman and just in a, another country, which I almost feel like foreign country doesn't apply to you. Cause you seem to like you're like, I'm here, I'm home, what are we doing? But how was that? Like, you know, starting a business. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, even though you yeah. are an entrepreneur, but like, you know, in a in a in Gotten. An and then how has it been yeah, like building your business what while you've been um there? You know
0: what? I will say this, you know, um I I um interacted with like international people, you know, at a from a very young age. So um, there was never a point I felt like, oh, I'm American and I'm better than you. And I'm smarter than you. Like, I just, I never felt that in my life to the point mm-hmm. that even foreigners usually say, you don't seem like you're American, right? Because I just, that's not the vibe that I give up. Mm-hmm. So even when I came to Ghana, I didn't think that I was going to start. Like, it wasn't like my intention to like, I'm going there, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to take over. Like, I it just, I didn't think that. Um, yeah I started out like really really humble like very hum- like let me come and learn like l- mm-hmm. with a notebook and a notepad like let me see what this place is all about right let me see who's who let me see how y'all operate let me see how y'all interact with each other like I needed to learn like I cannot be that arrogant American who thinks just because I'm from New York and I work with these big brands and all these artists and I'm gonna tell y'all how to do it like and that yeah. just was not gonna be my approach like I didn't even mention that Um, you know, I just was really on the low. I was like, I really was like a student, I would say. Mm -hmm. I was a student um, for some time. And then it just took me a while to kind of find, you know, my niche, which now my niche, as I said, is to work with, you know, international brands who are operating here. And I think Mm -hmm. that has really been beneficial to me because a, am not Ghanaian. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't barely speak the local language, right? So if I'm looking at going into like Ghanaian companies, um, they're gonna try to hook up like their cousins and like people like, it's like classism and tribalism, that stuff is very real, like, you know, Mm -hmm. but because I work with international companies, I don't have to deal with it as much, you know? Right, right. But it's real, I mean, it's real, like people can see by your last name, what tribe you're from, you know, these are things that people have to deal with that I don't just because I'm a foreigner, but it's yeah. like, I'm not going to act like it's, it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really had a lot of issues just really as a woman, just because I think my foreignness kind of like allows me certain entree um, mm-hmm. to things. Um, but I hang with a lot of Ghanaians, like most of my friends are like Ghanaians who have repatriated from Europe or America. So they are oh. the same kind of boat as it's still a little bit foreign, even if they could speak the language or something It's still like, you know, there, we're all in the same kind of we're having the same experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the, yeah, the business is just growing and um, I'm just like, feel like I'm building it um, brick by brick. You know, I started like oh. really small and it's, it's growing. So, yeah. Wow.
1: So do you feel that you're going to mainly focus on building it in Ghana or do you think you're going to expand to other areas, like grow it outside of Ghana or what are you thinking? Yeah, I think I definitely, I'm thinking that, um, I'm
0: expanding to other countries, like even some of the companies that I work with in Ghana, a lot of companies work in West Africa, right? Mm. So they will have, um, office in Ghana, Nigeria, Cote d'Ivoire, and Senegal or something like that, you know? And so I've actually had to work, do projects in multiple countries, you know? Um, and even some of the companies that I, I deal with now, they're like, do you have a, a um, you know, office there? Because if you can handle that country, you can just have it all. And I've had to like, slow it some of these projects down because I don't have the capacity You know, so it's really, no, I definitely think expanding to West Africa, um, is, is what I'm like, I'm seeing in like the, the 2021 future, like now, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's something, um, that I'm working on because I've had the opportunity, like I said, a lot of my clients operate in multiple countries and for them, it would be easier to work with one company to handle, um, you know, um other countries so mm-hmm. I mean I do a lot of work in and and um Ivory Coast and I had to have like a French intern who like doing all my translation and because mm-hmm. I'm the person who won't say no I'm like can you do this I'll be like yes and I'll figure it out when I <laughs> up the right. I'm like, right
1: can you handle our French stuff
0: yes I can and then I'll out. Right. yeah so mm-hmm. it's exciting I mean I feel like definitely like you know on a pioneer vibes like this is new like yes. people went to California in the gold rush and they just like packed up a wagon and, and went across the country like that's how I feel like I'm just
1: you know yeah nearby totally I was gonna say yeah you have that foresight um but I mean and of natural again just because you always open and mm-hmm. and just aware and interested and curious about what was going on so now if you have everything kind of catching up like you know the rest of the world like music and everybody the year of return which everyone went
0: oh it's so interesting now to live in this time where we see africa shifting from you know being seen as this like horrible dark continent to now like the place where like the black a-listers come and party right yes so amazing and it's just starting to your return was like the opening of the door and now it's like people are just going to be flowing in yeah uh, I think yeah so and it, it's it's really good because I mean just as business people not everybody's a business people a business person I feel like some people can come for a holiday and that's fine mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think it's the type of thing you need to move like it, that's not <laughs> necessary for everybody yeah. right I know yeah I'm, I'm, I'm like, so I did that, but definitely not everybody can do that. But definitely, I feel like we should all come for a visit just to connect spiritually. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and then for those people who are interested in business, there's just like it's so there's so many opportunities. Um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely good. I, I'm glad more people are coming. More people are seeing it as an opportunity.
1: Um, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I I haven't I haven't looked back. Like even when I come to New York, I come to New York. Sometimes I come to L. A um
1: I don't feel like oh I'm missing something I'd be like is it time for me to go back to Ghana yet I'm ready to go yeah no I hear you I mean before I left New York I definitely felt like I mean I had I had a serious itch to leave I was ready to go like you know especially I mean for me I had grown up there I went to college there so I was definitely ready for something new but all that to say I mean it's not it's it's uh it's not the New York that right lived in. It's very different, right. you know. So yeah, I mean I don't I don't really think you're you're in the right place. You're definitely yeah. in the right place.
0: Yeah, I feel that I feel like it's somewhere that's growing and that's developing, and I'm a part of the growth yes. and you know. Yeah, I even worked on the year of return. I worked on a bunch of projects that were happening during the year mm-hmm. of return um so yeah I feel like I'm a part of this movement and you know just changing the perception of what people see um right yeah and hear yeah.
1: about it yeah I mean we cannot you know social media for so many reasons but I think that it has helped so much because again before the, you know it's like unless you went so much of it was a mystery or was what other people wanted for like do you see yourself relocating again or do you feel like you've settled like this is home for a while um
0: I mean I definitely feel like this is home for a while I mean I've been here now for seven years mm-hmm. um, um I feel like you know just like especially in this COVID time like you know this is just a really good place to be you know the numbers for Africa overall have been really really low you know just the sun the food like you know I just feel like it's a really good place to be. Mm -hmm. So um I definitely think I'm gonna expand and do some things in other countries, but I feel like Ghana will definitely be a base. I mean, um it's you know one of those countries that's relatively safe. As a woman, this is something that like I don't talk about as much, but as a woman, as a woman traveler, you know, I've been a lot of countries and Mm -hmm. this is like one of the few places that I felt as safe as I do. Um, You know, like you just don't worry about, I know that of course is, you know, I know there's violence against women. I know there's rape and all those things, but you just don't feel that walking down the street, even if you're wearing some provocative outfit, like, like mm-hmm. everybody is wearing that, like the girl selling water and bread, walking down the street, got <laughs> on a little tight dress, and ain't nobody tripping. Right. So mm-hmm. I love that of it I feel like safer than I have ever felt in my life let me like knock on wood but right um, right wow yeah. so I think that is one of the things that really attracted me here just like the way that it feels you know mm-hmm. it feels, mm-hmm. it feels good you know so that's definitely something I'll say
1: and how is it just being in a black country where you're not experiencing oh like that dichotomy you're not experiencing. I mean racism I mean I'm sure there's other things that yeah, come there's into play a like you said you're, and then you're also a mom do you yes. have how is that um how is it balancing being a mom and also a business owner um well my daughter
0: she's in Ghana now but before now she had been going back and forth between like her dad lives in Philly and mm-hmm. I live here Um, So she was going back and forth, but the one thing I would say about life in Ghana and most probably like developing sort of countries is that, you know, help is relatively cheap. I mean, you know, for a hundred dollars, I could have like a nanny every single day, come and cook and clean and take care, like, you know what I mean, Uh for like $100, right? So like, (laughs) those are the benefits of, you know, um, living in a country like this, which is I'm sure similar in many, many other countries. Um, so that is really helpful. Um, and also, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's um, such a nurturing society for a, a Black child. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, like everywhere we go, every billboard, it's a Black person, every store, every, you know, it's mm-hmm. just very nurturing. And then she actually gets to be a privileged child, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. first of all, she's. American and then you know and and then we can afford certain things that you know maybe other children might not so I just feel like this is the life that I want my child to experience and to be and to never ever on any day feel like she's less than anybody else like you just yeah, don't absolutely. have that but we try to explain that to people here they can't even imagine what that means what that's like they try but it doesn't make any sense to them so um right
1: right Wow, that's so interesting. Uh, I feel like that's just the whole, that's a new film for you right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, okay, I started working on a film
1: um, Uh called
0: Black Black Zit, which is kind of like how the Brexit take on that. Um, Because you know what, In, in Ghana, up until like the year of return, which is in 2019, most of the people who had repatriated were like really old school like older retirees like old school pan-africanists like it wasn't like a lot of young people Mm -hmm. um and so I wanted to kind of show like younger people like what the lifestyle um was like so yeah I did start on that on the shelf I'm glad we're talking about it because I can like get back on (laughs) yes get back get back on that um so, so yeah, it, it's really like, you should like, I feel like people should see what this life is like. It's not like anything that we could have ever have imagined. Cause I, I know I didn't see, even like now I like the stuff like, let me tell you in the neighborhood I live in there are days I'm like walking down the street and I'm like, who's Maserati is that? I feel like just yesterday I was like who's like little poor sports car. I'm like, who are these people like the money? The money is at another level. And I know it's hard at home for us to understand that, but the money is at another level. Like Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: everybody who has money in the US, it's all credit. It's like we buy our houses on credit, we Mm -hmm. buy our cars on credit. Here, credit is new. So nobody with money is even thinking about credit, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when I say a Bentley, I feel like who the freak is that? Like people have paid this shit in cash. Do you understand? They have What's spent, I work with one, of, one, of, one of our clients is Jaguar Land Rover. And the, and recently they um, they were like, come, we need to do something because one of our clients has bought the most expensive car we ever sold. 500 some thousand dollars, like some tricked out uh, Range Rover. Yo, this is on another level. We don't know. Wow. We think we know. Yo, we do not know this level. Okay. We do wow. not know this level.
1: So okay. um it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. You're about to have me out there. Like I'm actually, I'm always like surprised that I didn't end up moving to another country. Cause I always felt like I, yeah, I always imagined that at some point I was going to live in another country for at least a few yeah. years, you know? And it's not for everybody. Like I don't, I personally do not like to hype it up like that. Like I have a mm-hmm. good experience,
0: but most people do but I mean not everybody you know not everybody feels it you know
1: yeah yeah but you yeah but
0: but you probably would
1: (laughs) yeah I mean yeah well I mean I just I really want to get out there so hopefully COVID and you know we can get we can put this behind us
0: everything is a plane right away so even if it's like something where people spend part of the time like nobody has to make that major commitment yeah I I did that but like I, like you know, you could come a few times. I mean, I know people who do business; they come every two months, or they come, like you know what I mean. Like, so right? There are all these. Like the world is is so small, you know. Right. Just internet planes everything is like a literally a plane ride away in a few hours you could be in another country and you could stay for two days even and go back you know so it's not so limiting and I know and somehow I realized in people's minds Africa is like equivalent to like Mars but they like I got to do all this preparation I'm like dude it's a 10-hour plane ride I mean yeah and that's it like and, yeah and hours back home like it's not right. like Mars where you're gonna go and be stuck there forever <laughs> and ever like
1: right you know, you can just um, right <laughs> and go back at one point weren't you were working on you were working I think on a fashion show or some sort something I, I'm pretty sure it was a show in was it Paris and I think hadn't didn't yeah wasn't I gonna be involved in it like I think you um had like probably yeah no you literally okay so basically I think it was I can't remember what country it was but I think you were like producing a fashion show and I think it was Paris and I think you had asked me to style it because I was doing a little bit you know I kind of I was dabbling in different things and I was doing a little bit of styling back then and It was, it would have been, and I agreed to do it. And I was like, super excited. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And I ended up getting a new job. And I told them, I was like, okay, I can start on whatever date, but this is something that I already committed to and, you know, that I'm going to have, that I'm doing. And they were like, no, you know, this is the start date. So, and we can't move that. And, you know, to this be- to this day, I still think back, like, that was so whack. And then for women, a lot of times, you're a coordinator or you're in that sort of a role, they always kind of see women as being like the organizers mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So it was really hard to, to break out of that, and which was one of the reasons why I was always doing my thing on the side. Whether it was managing producers or working with artists, you know, that was how I was like, I'm going to get myself, I'm Mm -hmm. going to the studio one way or another, you know what I mean? Or um, doing some styling at the time. So, Mm -hmm. so I was just going to say, like, I remember feeling like, oh, okay. So she's, you're like, yeah, like, oh yeah, you do this. Yeah. So you need to come out on this. And so I just think back to those moments again, back then we were all like hustling and doing our thing. And I don't think we really Mm -hmm. thought that hard about those moments mm-hmm. it was just kind of life but I think back and I'm like yeah I think I appreciated that mm-hmm. like y- you saw that that was something I and you're like okay come <laughs> you know this is like yeah, this I, is how yeah. we can work together yeah so yeah and I think
0: I understood too I mean I saw you in that space and I could only imagine like she's the only girl you know I know how it is. Like they're ignoring, You know what I mean? Like I, I did this thing. Um, I talked about it in like a, the episode I did with Diddy with this mm-hmm. Nike thing, and he was like, "I know you're a young black sister, and I know they taking y'all all your ideas over there." And I was like, "Ah, how do you know?" So it's like he knew, and I'm like, "I see you," and I already knew. I knew you. I could tell when somebody is smart when they're on it and they're on point, and then you're in this you know in this environment and people are like oh she's just a cute girl like they just kind of like limit you to that like they don't want to hear like you said they don't want to hear any ideas they don't want to let you be more than what you are or what they see what they actually what they they see you as as. yeah um and i'm like whenever i can give somebody that opportunity to let them grow you know and be a you know who they are and grow into that i think that is you know something that's really important. Sometimes you just need yeah. somebody to give you that one chance.
1: Totally,
0: that one opportunity, you know. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. And mind you, I mean, the guys were all, I think, you know, I think it was just a matter of the times. I think it was just like a lack of awareness because I don't, they weren't um they weren't doing it you know, in, a, they in were, a mean way. Yeah. No, they were so, you know, big brother. They were so respectful. They just, I think it was just like a lack of awareness. Now we're so much more aware of these things. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like the idea of uh just representation and like Mm -hmm. what women deal with in the workplace and you know empowering the woman and all those things whereas like that wasn't even a conversation back then every day I was like okay (laughs) yeah Yeah, no you know they're gonna they're gonna hear me today (laughs) yeah no and I mean just the
0: opportunity like it's a serious boys club I mean such a boys club I mean I remember my assistant at Nike assistant that I hired because he was like my best friend at the time's boyfriend right and I, she was like we mm-hmm. want to come to LA let, can you get him a job at Nike I was like yeah let me get him he, It's a job to be my assistant so that's how he got the job like you know um and then I remember after a couple years like he was gonna quit and they were like they wanted him to stay so they like offered him like ten thousand dollars more than me I was oh, like oh no
1: right you're just, like, like
0: yeah, how, yeah. Like, how is this oh. okay? Nobody sees this as an issue. Um, so yeah, that that kind of thing. Yeah, yo, it's real. It's a boy club, it Like the boy, they would see him and be like, oh, who's this other black guy? Even the other black men would see this other black guy and bring him in and be like, brother, you know, what you want to do? Where you trying to be?
1: Yes. And nobody ever did that for me. Not one time, like not exactly. once. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's a real thing. I mean, I think at that time we weren't really, yeah, we weren't aware. But when you look back, you're like, wait a minute. And like you said, I would see some of the, like the people that I like hired or the people that I brought into the mix. And yeah. you know, you saw, oh, uh, I mean, the I'm guys just, that yeah, I work with, my boss would be like, oh yeah, I'm his mentor. And I'd be like, oh, you mentor people now? Oh, well, I've been right here all this time. I didn't know we were doing that. Cause like, hello, I mean, literally, I, I swear like you, oh, you're, you're mentoring people. Let me find out, you know? So, I mean, it's just, yeah. Like I, you know, I feel like there were, there were like those years where people would ask you like, how was it being a woman in a male dominated industry? And I'd be like, well, you just, you know, you work really hard and, and your work speaks for itself. And that's mm-hmm. what it, and, but then like fast forward now there's like this. mean I'm just I'm glad that now these conversations have like opened up and come to the Mm -hmm. forefront and like we're acknowledging what really takes place Mm -hmm. in the workplace Mm because I don't even think we had the yeah we just weren't aware like we didn't really have the language back then to describe Mm -hmm. what was going on it was just like oh it's Mm -hmm. male dominated but no Mm -hmm. I mean it's just the way that plays out in the long run Mm -hmm. you know much harder you have to work Mm -hmm. so yeah but um but yeah, so. Mm-hmm. so. yeah, that's like my journey up until now, Nicole. Yeah, I mean, such an amazing journey. I feel like I can't even, it's hard to even really capture because I feel like there's so many layers to it and so much to talk about. I mean, yeah, there's so much in there. Like between being like just, thinking, being a global thinker from day one and how that played out in your life, working in corporate, a corporate environment and the impact you were able to have, you know, the cultural impact you were able to have from that perspective. Then going to Ghana, like early on, you know, before being a pioneer, like you said, I mean, there's just like so much there. I'm like, I don't even feel like this episode is really covering everything. And I also just feel like, I don't know i feel like i should have had some uh shots of espresso before starting to like really because this is like process it all huh there's a lot yeah there's so much here there's so much here and you've done so much and yeah like people i think i mean people know like if you know you know but i feel like But I feel like more people need to hear your story because there's some people who are a lot louder out here, you know, doing, doing, you know, no, not, no, knock to them. But some people are just really loud about everything that they're doing and that's fine. But then you have the people who are really doing it and who've really had the, the certain like long lasting impact. And, you know, everyone doesn't necessarily know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, that,
0: that's one of the reasons why um, Nikita, my friend Nikita and I started the Soul Chronicles podcast, because I was like, we need to be telling these stories. And I'm like, yeah. it's not a conversation that I could just have with a person and be like, oh, yeah, I work with Beyonce. Like, I would never, ever say that ever, like not ever. Right. And I'm like, but it's a natural platform to just kind of share some of these kind of amazing stories that have happened, you know, in our careers. And so many women, like I mean, I know girl, I know you got stories. (laughs) (laughs) But like I know know, that's how I
1: feel. Like every time I do these podcasts where I like we do a bio, I feel like, oh maybe I should talk about that. Oh, I never I never even talked about because the other thing is I feel like we we were doing so much and not even thinking about it. It's not until yeah. now that you're like, oh, well, what's my story? What's my yeah. narrative? And you're, you're right. like, wait a minute, that actually meant something. Or like, yeah. oh, that was actually a thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. so yeah. funny. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's,
0: yeah, because even my co-host on the podcast, like she can't even think about experiences in the way I want her to package it because it was just so regular. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't even because it was just regular for us but it's when you tell it it's not regular for other people right yes. right i mean exactly. your day-to-day life like it's i mean nobody people cannot even imagine what that was like you know so. no i mean
1: even i mean we still talk about it though to this day like i think when i do when i speak with rob i think so much was happening and they were, they were so, um, it's like one of those things, you know, I would say in, in entertainment, like there's the things that you can plan out and all the things that you can um, prepare for, but then there's that sliver of it. That's just the magic yeah that yeah. you can't plan for. It's the stars aligning that yeah. part of it. I'm always like, you know, if you think about the pie and like all the pieces that have to be there and it's like, okay, I can plan this and I need to make sure these boxes are checked but then you have that one piece that you could not plan for and I definitely think that that was that time that described that period of time um you know when I was working with the guys because it was just the way everything just came together all the pieces came together and it was really like a shift was happening like a cultural Mm -hmm. shift Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. happening with all those pieces that were being connected at the time or even just like our approach the marketing approach yeah yeah like Mm -hmm. how that how they went about doing that at the time Mm -hmm. you know um yeah just so many aspects of it so yeah I mean it's just it's a lot I mean it it is it's important like I said like you know you I'm like yeah you can do a whole film about just that experience like if you, you just like to sit back and take the time to like think about it and document it Yeah, because it's not just like you said, it's not everyone's, it's not regular, it's not regular, you know.
0: So I I have opportunities like this, like I would not even discuss most of these things or even think about it really. But like you said, when you sit back and you think about it, you know, what that process is like, yes, you know, it's it's not something that a normal person does. And but when it's you, you just feel like it's normal. You don't think, oh, that was a big thing. But yes. um, and it could be really inspirational for other people too, to be like, oh, okay, so that is possible to do. Yeah,
1: yeah. I ain't saying it's easy, but it is definitely. Right. You know, well, that's possible. why I feel like, you know, we, I mean, that's what I always say with this podcast. It's like, we're, we're going to be aware, we're aware of the work and we're, or audiences are and the general public will be aware of the work. Um, they might know about the campaigns, they know about the artists, but they don't necessarily know about the people who were behind making yeah. it happen. Yeah. And, and when you're behind it, you're the person who's you know, ideating, you're the person who's strategizing yeah. and you're the person who sees it, you have the, the vision. Yeah. And so, and then you know, you're making it happen, you're executing and then the world is feeling the impact. And yeah. so I'm like, I wanna highlight those women who are behind that because that impact is, is huge, right? It's like certain trends or whatever came out of that. Every, it, it was like felt by on like such a huge scale. So I just think like, I mean, yeah, you're like the epitome of that. You know what I mean? And people need to know, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. We did this. Like I said, you definitely are, you have a story. I think people really need to hear you've done, you've done just like so much that um, I think it's just very um, it's really inspiring and I think it's something people need to hear because I think also another part of the story is just like not feeling limited you know like Mm -hmm. we have these ideas of okay what your life should look like in the past you know I'm going to have this job and I'm going to do this after and I think that really what I get from you is don't you're not, you're not confined. You should do the things that you are, you know, excited about. Because when you do that, you, you're going to find a way to actually make it happen. So I just think it's encouraging for people to hear your story.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me, for reconnecting. Yes. Appreciate it, Nicole. And definitely hope that someone is inspired by, you know, by this, this story.